Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you for the good news that we are bound for the promised land. We pray that you'll bless us as we think on this thought even throughout this service, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. An appropriate song for today's service. So I've discovered that the best things in life are those which point to some future blessing. When you're some of these young people's age, first date maybe because it leads to a second date. I don't know if high school kids date. Do you guys date at all? Any boyfriends or girls? No, we don't make you share that right now. Maybe their parents are here and they don't want them to know that they're dating. A first date because it could lead to a second date, a commitment as a boyfriend or girlfriend. When you get older because it can lead to an engagement, an engagement because it points to a wedding, a wedding because it potentially leads could lead to children and a family, which may, you may not always see as a future blessing, but it is indeed. Today, as we prepare for communion, I want us to see the future value of the activity that we participate in as well, what it points to, the future blessing that it points to. I want us to begin, though, in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, second book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 7, actually, to begin. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the land. lamb. Verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put on it the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. Then jump down to verse 11. Verse 11. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. The Passover on that day pointed to an immediate in the, or a blessing in the very immediate future, deliverance from Egypt. Exodus chapter 12, verses 40 and 41 tells us this. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years, and it came to pass at the end of the 430 years on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. On that very same day, what very same day? The day of the Passover. But the Passover not only pointed to an immediate blessing, but it pointed to a blessing in the distant future. I find that the best things in life are those things which point us to a greater and deeper blessing down the road. The Passover was one of these things. It pointed to another and a future blessing much further down the road. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, if you want to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 
in verse 7 in the New Testament. Paul here writing tells us this. Therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you, are truly are, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed to us. The Passover lamb was not just a lamb to celebrate the immediate context of the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt, nor was it something just to be carried out throughout history in order to remember what had happened in the past. But ultimately, one of the main purposes of the Passover lamb was to remind the children of Israel, to remind the people of God of a future hope in a Messiah, a deliverer, a savior, the true Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. Jesus' understanding of his mission on this earth came in the context of the Passover service. In Luke chapter two, we read the following, verses 41 through 50, if you wanna turn there. Luke chapter two, verses 41 through 50. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, this is Jesus being spoken of here, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey, and then they sought him among their relatives and their acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And Jesus said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? His father in heaven, that is. But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. This is the first time in the scriptures where, where Jesus personally acknowledges his mission on this earth, his role on this earth. And, and we have counsel. We have counsel that, that the reason Jesus understood how when it dawned on Jesus that this was his mission, this was his role, this was his, his, his point for his being, was as he observed that Passover lamb. He understood the deeper meaning of that Passover lamb. The greatest things in life are always the things that point to some greater blessing down the road. And Jesus in that moment understood that, that, that the Passover that his people had been keeping throughout all of history was his mission in life. He was to be the Passover lamb for humanity. He was to be the one they would die for humanity. So why is the Passover important? Why, why mention the Passover in the context of our service today? Because the service of communion that we participate in today, the service of communion that we participate in several times throughout the year, it was introduced in the context also of the Passover. It seems that, that, that again, God wanted to connect what was taking place in Jesus' life to this Passover service. In Luke chapter 22, in Luke chapter 22, we read the following. Luke chapter 22 and verse one. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called 
the Passover. Luke 22 is, is about what is known as the Last Supper. What, what we participate in here, the communion service, is also known as the Last Supper. It is the last meal that Jesus would share with his disciples before he would, he would be hung on a cross, before he would have nails put through his wrists and, and through his feet, before he would have a crown of thorns pressed upon his head. This was the last meal that Jesus would participate in. And it was the first communion service in a way. I want you to notice the setting that, that Luke places us in right off the bat. Again, Luke chapter 22 and verse one. It was the feast of unleavened bread which drew near, which is called the Passover. Luke, before he introduced this last meal, he wants us to know the setting. The setting is the Passover service. I want you to make note of this. Luke, in the first 15 verses of chapter 22, Luke, in the first 15 verses of chapter 22, uses the word Passover six times. Now one of the things they taught us when we were in school and in seminary is when there's repetition to pay attention. Is that right, Dr. Reed? That's right. Dr. Reed, former head of the Biblical Research Institute. When there's repetition, we are to pay attention to, to, to the point that they're trying to make. And Luke here is, is, is trying to, to connect what is happening to Jesus what is happening to Jesus and the Passover service. So in the first 15 verses, six times, the Passover is mentioned. He wants us to clearly see this connection between Jesus and this wonderful service. In verse two, we read this. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Verse one, it's the Passover setting. Verse two, the second context in which Luke wants us to understand is this is the point in which Jesus will come to that final hour where he will face, face the ultimate sacrifice, his death on a cross for us. The Passover pointed to an immediate blessing in the day it was instituted. It pointed to the deliverance from Egypt for the children of Israel. But there was a greater deliverance that God wanted to point to through this service. And that was deliverance from the bondage of sin. That was deliverance from the judgment of sin. John chapter 1 and verse 29 says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Those Passover lambs could only point to the one true Lamb, Jesus Christ, that could take away the sins sins of the world. Luke is setting the stage for this great culmination. In verse 15, in verse 15, in Jesus' own words, he ties these two events together. Luke chapter 22 and verse 15. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus connects the Passover and the suffering that he will go through in his own words. And then a transition is made. And here is the transition. After this verse, in all of the rest of Luke, and all of the rest of Luke chapter 22, there is not a single mention of the Passover. The Passover that has been such a major theme up to this moment in time in Luke's writing, and such a major theme in, in chapter 22 in particularly, after this moment, Luke does not again mention the Passover service. In fact, after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Passover or the Feast of Unleavened Bread is mentioned only three times. Once in the book of Acts, in which simply they acknowledge the season of Passover. 
Once in Corinthians, which we read earlier, which points to the idea that, that Jesus is our true Passover lamb. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, in which the Passover is mentioned as an act of Moses' faith. But this wonderful celebration, this high point of the biblical year, this, this service that has been mentioned throughout the biblical history, after the Gospels, the mention of it is negligible, almost non-existent. It is gone. Why? Because the purpose was to point to the future sacrifice of Jesus. The purpose was to point to the future sacrifice of Jesus, that you and I are passed over when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, that his blood covers us and we are set free from the judgment of sin. But there is another reason that Passover is no longer the focal point of the traditions of God's people here on this earth. Because on this last Passover that Jesus participated in with his believers, he institutes another event, another meal, When the children of Israel were set free from bondage, there was a meal that was instituted, the Passover meal. But now, when humanity is set free from the bondage of sin, Jesus institutes another meal, the meal that we celebrate today. Luke chapter 22, verses 15 and 16. When the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer the last mention of the Passover in Luke. Verse 16, for I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Verses 17 and 18, then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Jesus in these two statements directs the minds of his people, the disciples in that room and the disciples in this room to a future work of our Lord and Savior. There were two works that he was pointing to. The first, the immediate work, which was his death on the cross, the deliverance of sin. But Jesus also pointed to another distant blessing, a reunion with him. He said, I will not eat, I will not drink of this until I do so again when the kingdom of God comes. Here is a promise in the context of the suffering that they are about to go through with the loss of their friend, their mentor, their savior. He points though to the fact that this meal that they are partaking in also points to the promise of the coming of the kingdom of God. Just as the Passover was instituted to point to the deliverance of God's people from sin through Jesus Christ. The communion was instituted and was brought into being not just to remind us of what Jesus has done for us, but to point us towards the future coming of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. We at the communion partake of the bread and the juice to remember what Jesus has done for us. This is my body which was given for you. This was my blood, this is the cup of my new covenant, my blood which is shed for you. But in that moment with the disciples, he not only wanted them to understand the the immediate blessing that was coming, but he wanted them to understand the future blessing that was coming down the road in the distant future, the coming of the kingdom of God. Paul picks up on this same theme in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, the scripture that was read this morning by Paul. 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. The two are connected again. We partake in this meal until a certain point in time. And we are always reminded that we partake in this meal until a certain point in time. And that point in time is the coming of our Lord and Savior. While this event that we participate today is a reminder of what Christ has done for us, we should not let that be all that it is about. We should also be reminded that it is a promise that Jesus will come to take us home one day with him again. Just as the Passover was a reminder to the Jewish people of what God would do for them in delivering them from sin, the communion service should also be a solemn and a holy recognition of a future event. We should never forget the memorial, but we should also never forget that we are an Advent people living in anticipation of the soon coming of Jesus Christ. In the kingdom of heaven, I will no longer eat of this until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Jesus is coming again. And so we are reminded of the blessing of our Messiah. And we are hopeful in the soon coming of our Savior. At which point, a third meal will be instituted. In the day of deliverance from Egypt, there was a first meal, the meal of the Passover, that pointed to the future blessing of deliverance through Messiah, Jesus Christ. At the Last Supper, Jesus institutes the meal of the communion as a reminder of his sacrifice on our behalf, but also as a pointer towards the future deliverance from this sinful world. And on that day, Jesus will institute a third meal, a meal known as the marriage supper or the wedding supper of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 9, right blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The Passover pointed us to the meal of the communion. The communion points us to the future meal, which is the wedding supper the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yes, it's good to remember, and we should always remember what Christ has done for us. But let us not think that what Christ did for us is just to make things better on this earth and in this world. Because ultimately, the reason why Christ did all of that for us is because his heart longs to be not only in the emotional and the spiritual presence of each one of us, but the heart of God, the heart of our Savior, Jesus Christ, longs to be in your physical presence again, sharing a meal with you face to face. May we eat today and celebrate today in anticipation of the future wedding feast that we all can share through the blood of Jesus in the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for this meal and I thank you for the reminder it is to us of the coming hope, the coming reunion of the wedding supper of the Lamb that we will share throughout all eternity with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, may we live in anticipation of that day. 
And may nothing on this earth distract us from keeping our eyes ever focused on you and focused on that glorious reunion. In your name we pray, amen. We now at this time are going to break for the foot washing service. Again, we invite everyone that desires to participate in that. You go straight down this hall and there's a room on the right for families and then there's two rooms on the left for uh, men and a room on the, or a room on the left for men and a room on the left for women as well. If you do not wish to participate in this service, I wanna invite you to just stay quietly here prayerfully and spend some time in prayerful reflection uh, within this room. We will be back here to participate in the taking of the juice and the bread in just a moment.